Grace and mercy and peace be with you, my dear friends in Christ, from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior Jesus. Amen. We are in our third week of a four-week fall kickoff sermon series entitled People of Hope. And so what we are doing each week is we are moving this hope throughout our bodies so that we become full-fledged people of hope. So just to review where we've come from two weeks ago, uh, we started in our heads and the theme was hope in the head. And we, we set out to define what our Christian hope is. And so let me just declare this to you again. This is our Christian hope. Jesus rose from the dead and Jesus will come again to raise us all from the dead. This is what we just confessed in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life of the world to come. We do believe as Christian people that Jesus will come and raise us from the dead and death will be undone. This is our hope as Christian people. So that was in our heads. And last week we wanted to move that hope not just from something that we know, but something that we experience in our daily living. So our theme was hope in the heart. And I encouraged you to rely on this future hope that that future that lies ahead for you may bring you peace and calm even in the midst of life's storms. Now today we're going to move this hope even further through our bodies and into our hands. As it is our hands that reach out to others in this world as hands of hope. So that's our theme for today, hands of hope. Now unless you haven't been paying attention lately, if you haven't been paying attention to the people around you, or if you haven't been paying attention to the world in general, I'll just tell you this. There are a lot of people in this world that are running low on hope. There are a lot of people in this world that are running low on hope. And it could be for a variety of different reasons, but if your hope, your true source of your hope, if your hope is not in the eternal life that Jesus provides, then really you don't have any hope. Anything else that you claim to have to be hope really is just wishful thinking. Now, there are a lot of people whose hope is running low for a variety of different reasons. For some people, it's because everything that they rely on, everything in this world that they put their hope in, has fallen apart and has run short. For some people, it's because they just recently lost a job and they're running short on money. For some people, their hope is running out because all of the relationships that once were held together have now fallen apart. For some, their hope is running low because of a recent diagnosis that they've just received. Now, for other people, they're running low on hope because the things that they're hoping for in this life maybe have not fallen apart just yet. You see, there are a lot of people in this world who probably claim to have hope, but again, with, without a real, true source of hope in Jesus Christ, then our, our hope in the worldly things, it's nothing lasting. But for many people, they would claim to have hope in their money, in their investment portfolio, in their success. Frankly, a lot of us even put hope in our own physical health. We just hope these bodies will hold out as long as we want them to. 
But what happens when those things don't hold up? What will happen? Where will hope be found? There are other people who are placing their hope in other people, other institutions. For some people, their hope in this life is, is placed in politics. There, there are many people whose, whose hope is in, a, a, in an authority figure, a, a political figure, and they just hope that that person, that, that political party, will be their, the, the ones that bring peace and joy in this world. For many people, their politics is their new religion. I, I don't understand I, I tell you all this, all these various situations, just to remind you, if you haven't been paying attention, this is the world in which we all live. It's a world in which many people have no real hope. And for many of us as Christians, we are even often tempted to live like that as people who place our hope in worldly things. But here's the deal, this is also the world in which you live, and God has called you to live as people of hope. And you do that by going into this world with hands of hope. Now speaking of your hands for a minute, just take a look at your hands. Take a look at your hands. Maybe they're scarred, beaten. Maybe you got a little dirt under your fingernails. Think about all the things just in this day so far, the few hours that you've been awake that your hands have touched. Now if you know what your day's plans are, think about all the things that your hands will touch in this day. Here's what I want you to hear. God has uniquely created you to be you, and he has placed you in your station of life in order to be his hands of hope to the people that you interact with on a daily basis. Your hands go places that my hands do not go. So how has God uniquely gifted you to be his hands of hope? In our second lesson today, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, we read about the good news of this hope that we have in our future. Let me just say this. If you've never read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, your homework for today is go home, read all of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And after you read through all of 1 Corinthians 15, you will say to yourself, Self, what did I just read? Because it's a little bit confusing. So then your additional homework is, read it again. <laughs> all right? Read it, read it two times. Because here's the deal, and I'll, and I'll tell you at least a little bit of what's going on, and that might help to set the stage. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul takes us through this progression of first claiming and, and boldly declaring that Jesus rose from the dead. When Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, these people in Corinth didn't believe that they needed to have a resurrection of the body. Now, Christian churches, Jesus rose from the dead in his body, and that is our Christian hope that we too will rise. But these people were saying, you know, we believe in Jesus, but we don't understand this whole resurrection thing. So Paul is trying to explain it to them. So if you don't understand this whole resurrection thing, read 1 Corinthians 15, because Paul's talking to you. So first, he said he declares that Jesus rose from the dead. And then as you read through 1 Corinthians 15, he says, and because Jesus rose from the dead, you and I too shall rise from the dead. And then it moves into this last verse, verse 58, is the concluding verse. And here it says this, Therefore, my beloved brothers, 
Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Therefore, all right, so, so Paul does this whole thing in 1 Corinthians 15. Jesus wrote, you too shall rise. Therefore, therefore is a key word. Therefore, what? Therefore, because Jesus rose, you too shall rise. Therefore, do what with this? Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that when you work in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. I love 1 Corinthians 15. We can essentially call this chapter the Easter application. You know the Easter story, Jesus rose from the dead, right? So let me just take you back a couple of months to Easter. <laughs> Some of you were here and uh, the resurrection rabbit showed up and helped us with this Easter message. Marcus, I didn't tell you I was going to do that. Thanks, buddy. All right. Uh, on that Easter morning, guess what? If you were here a couple of months ago, I preached on these words. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And on that day, I boldly declared to you that because Jesus rose, we too shall rise. And because we shall rise, what shall we do? We shall live boldly now in this life, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And I shared with you a passage of Martin Luther that I just love and I'm going to share it again. Martin Luther said these words, preach and live as though Jesus died yesterday, rose today, and is coming back tomorrow. Think about that. Live as though Jesus died yesterday, rose today, and is coming back tomorrow. Do you hear the urgency in that? We live in this reality of the resurrection, and I declare to you that day, my friends, I want you to know that the resurrection of Jesus really, really, really happened. And your resurrection will really, really, really happen. This is our sure and certain hope. It's our sure and certain hope, and therefore, my friends, there is an urgency to be alive in Christ in this world as people with hands of hope. Haven't you ever thought to yourself, as Christian people, you hear about this over and over again. Jesus rose from the dead, right? Jesus rose from the dead. Haven't you ever thought to yourself, and so what? What does that mean? Right? Maybe you've made it so far as then to say, okay, Jesus rose from the dead, therefore I too shall rise from the dead. But then still, what, what does that matter? How does that move us into this world? What should we do with this hope? And here's the answer. Get busy. Get busy with a sense of urgency because Jesus is coming back. Think of it like this. When you don't have to worry about your future, you're free to care about the future of others. I like that. When you don't have to worry about your future, you're free to care about the future of others. My Christian friends, your future is set. Jesus has declared it so. You will have eternal life. It is a God's gift of grace to you. What more do you want, really? What more do you want? You don't have to worry about making a future for yourself. It's already been set for you. Therefore, in this life, what are you free to do? You're free to care about the future of others by bringing this eternal hope and joy of Jesus into this world. When you don't have to worry about your future, you are free to care about the future of others. I want to turn quickly to our gospel lesson as well. You've got a handout uh, if you want to look at it in Matthew chapter 13. 
In Matthew chapter 13, you know what? I'll just add to your homework. Read 1 Corinthians 15 twice and all of Matthew 13. All right? All right, give you stuff to do. Read Matthew 13 when you go home. In Matthew 13, Jesus teaches in a variety of parables. And we read one last week. Um, we're reading a couple today as well. And today, uh, we heard two very short parables. A parable of a mustard seed and a parable of leaven. Leaven is also another word for yeast. All right? And in these parables, the main point of these parables is this, and Jesus clearly explains it later in Matthew 13, but the main, the main point of Jesus saying these parables is this. Jesus is saying to, to the people that are listening to him, friends, the, the way things are right now are not as they will be in the future. The way things are now are not quite as they will be in the future. This parable of the mustard seed, it, it, it vividly describes that something small and something seemingly insignificant will grow into something beyond even your wildest imaginations. Here's the deal. Jesus is speaking in a hyperbole. A mustard seed cannot grow into this giant tree. But Jesus is saying, oh, yes, it can. Oh, yes, it can. So Jesus is saying to them, here's the deal, guys. What is now will be different in the future when I come again. So in the meantime, in the meantime, do not lose heart. This is Jesus' point in saying these parables to so the people who are following him. That he's saying to them, guys, I understand. I understand that when you follow me, you think that what I'm doing is small and insignificant. I know that you want me to come and rule and reign and take over and be king and destroy your enemies. I get that that's what you want. One day, this little seeming insignificant thing that I'm doing right now will grow into something that is large and all-encompassing. You see, the people that were following him, when they had ears to hear, they did hear this. They heard, okay, Jesus, we'll keep following you and watch and see what you do. But even for those people who get it, who understood what Jesus was saying, even for us, Christian people, we understand what Jesus was saying. We kind of get it, even though we're not going to fully get the results of it until Jesus comes back. What are we being reminded of here? Here's the deal. I, I just explained to you what Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians 15, right? Jesus rose from the dead. We too shall rise. Therefore, be steadfast and immovable. Paul is echoing Jesus because Jesus was saying the same things to his people. My friends, right now, things seem small and insignificant, but keep following me. Things will change, and things will change. Do not lose heart. You know, Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, and Jesus here in this parable of the mustard seed, it reminds us that as Christian people, when we go into this world, and we dispense, we give the hope that exists in, in Jesus, we do it in ways that oftentimes might seem small and insignificant. I don't know if you've thought that way before, when an opportunity arises to, I don't know, serve a neighbor in need or to proclaim the goodness of Jesus, and you think to yourself, I don't know, this, it seems so, I don't know, such a small thing. How could such a small thing do something so great? We're being reminded here in these words that when we love and serve in the name of Jesus Christ, it is a powerful thing indeed. 
It is a powerful thing indeed. And what Paul says is when we work in the Lord, our work is not in vain and that thing lasts forever. It has eternal significance. And so when you go and you do the simple things in the name of Jesus Christ, Jesus blesses that and it lasts forever. Now, some of you, some of you like investments. Some of you are investment people. You have investments in your portfolios. Now, here's, here's the deal. When you make an investment, what is it that you're looking for? What, what, uh, what, what uh, defines a successful investment? The return on your investment, right? Now, what if I told you that you could make an investment that lasts forever? Does that sound good? Like forever, eternal? All right, here's the deal. Go and be the hope of Jesus Christ in this world. That will last forever. I tell you, go and bring hope into this hurting world. Not, not fake hope. Not, not false hope. Bring real hope and true hope. And here's how you do it. You boldly declare that Jesus rose from the dead. And that because he rose, we too shall rise and all things will be made new and all this brokenness and all this death will be gone. This is the truth. And until that day, my friends, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. There's this urgency, my friends. Jesus might come back tomorrow. He might. And so let me close with this just one last time for you to think on <laughs> When you don't have to worry about your future, you are free to care about the future of others. Whose future do you have an impact on this day? Go and be hope to them with your hands. Go and do it in the name of Jesus Christ.